Coming up on the Children's Hour, the kids' crew is going to talk with an exoplanetologist, Dr. Diana Dragomir, professor of astronomy and physics at the University of New Mexico. We discover what an exoplanet is and how astronomers can find them in a vast sea of stars. And we'll find out how all of us can help in the search for new exoplanets. Plus, we'll hear from the kids in the Extinction Diaries about the current condition of the Amazon rainforest. All of this is mixed with great music that's sure to take you out of this world. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. Learn a lot more about us at childrenshour.org. You found your way to the Children's Hour. It's time for the Children's Hour. Kids Public Radio. We've got a great show coming up for you. Why did the planet have a chicken sitting on it? I don't know. Why? Because it was an exoplanet. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the children's hour. Kids with radio. I'm 
I'm looking for a meadow, a meadow in a valley, a valley near a mountain, a mountain by the ocean, an ocean on a planet. I'm looking for a planet in the sky. I'm looking for a stable, for a stable in a meadow, where I might rest my burrow for the night. Shout all his nettles and thank him for his company. I'm looking for a stable, a stable in a meadow, a meadow in a valley, a valley near a mountain, a mountain by the ocean, an ocean on a planet. I'm looking for a planet in the sky. Chili Jam Band, Looking for a Planet, from a CD called Coconut Moon. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking with people who are actually looking for planets. But before we get there, you're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. I am so happy to be with everyone today, including all the great kids in our crew. Hello, crew. Hello. Hi. Hello. 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 Hi. Nice to see everyone here. Who do we have with us? Hi, I'm Camila. Hello, it's Isaac. Hi, it's Evan. Happy day, it's Maya. Hi, it's Illuminata. Hi, it's Octavia. Hi, it's Daniel. Cockadoodle-doo, it's Maya Lou. Hi, it's Corbett. Hi, it's Adrian Flo. Hello, it's Zen. Hello, it's Amadeus. Well, everyone, thank you for being here today. I am really excited about this show because we are getting out of this world. We are going to galaxies far, far away or nearby, and we're going to explore exoplanets. Does anyone on the crew want to take a stab what they think an exoplanet might be? Uh, A planet that is um, out of our solar system, I think. I think that might be right. Yeah, Corbett. An exoplanet is an um is not a planet. Pluto is a good example. Pluto is an exoplanet. All exoplanets are technically in the solar system. They're just not actually planets. And there's a long set of rules describing what's a planet, what's an exoplanet, and what's and what's what that I don't really have memorized. I think I would agree more with Maya. An exoplanet, from what I know, is a planet outside of our solar system. And I think what I think Corbett was saying was a dwarf planet. And those are uh, smaller celestial bodies. Well, this just goes to show we do have a lot to learn today on the Children's Hour. We are going to be focusing on exoplanets. And we're going to be doing that with a professor of physics and astronomy from the University of New Mexico, Dr. Diana Dragomir. And she is going to enlighten us about everything to do with exoplanets. But speaking of Pluto, which I'm glad you brought up, Corbett, Pluto is very special here in the state of New Mexico because it was discovered by a New Mexican astrophysicist, Clyde Tombo. 
And so when Pluto was declared to be too small to be a legitimate planet, the state of New Mexico did something pretty unique. There was actually a piece of legislation that was passed to declare that in the state of New Mexico, Pluto will always be a planet. Today's show is mixed with great music, and we have so much to learn together about exoplanets with Dr. Dragomir. But first, this is Justin Roberts from a CD called Not Nap Time. Well, you got nine, nine, nine. Sing it one more time. Yeah, you got nine, nine, nine. Look at how they shine when you got nine planets in the solar system. Some are so darn small, you might have missed them. Like my favorite one, that'd be Pluto. It's so lone and far away. You want to put it in your pocket for a rainy day and sing nine planets in the solar system. If we had to name them all, we just might miss one or two, maybe three. Let's wait and see. Well, you got Mercury, well it's too hot Is Venus cold, it's just so not And uh, some people say Mars has got Martians And I guess they got a point But Earth's got weird people too Ooh, 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 ooh Well you got nine, nine, nine Sing it one more time Yeah, you got nine, nine, nine It's almost a crime when you got Nine planets in the solar system If we had to name them all We just might miss one or two Maybe three or four Let's name some more Well, you got Jupiter Well, it's not small at all And a Saturn with its rings It's a not like a ball at all And a Neptune and Uranus Should a hardly detain us when Pluto's just right down the hall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you got nine, nine, nine. Sing it one more time. Yeah, you got nine, nine, nine. It's almost a crime when you got nine planets in the solar system. Some are so darn small. You might have missed them. Like my favorite one. That'd be Pluto. Get out every once in a while and say It's a mighty nice planet that I got Why, yes it is mm -hmm. Justin Roberts from an oldie but goodie called Not Nap Time. Well, welcome back to the Children's Hour. With us today is Dr. Diana Dragomir. She is a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of New Mexico, and she is an exoplanetologist. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Dr. Dragomir. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're really happy that you're here, too. Well, you heard the kids talk about what they think exoplanets are. How, how do we do? So I think that there were bits of the right answer um, in what everyone said. Um, an exoplanet is a planet around another star or other stars. Um, that said, uh, if we ever detect a planet or an object as small as Pluto around another star, are we going to uh, call it 
an exoplanet or an exodwarf planet? We don't know yet. We haven't quite gotten there. What makes an exoplanet an exoplanet? So an exoplanet is a planet around any star except our sun. Any of the stars you see in the sky at night, if there's a planet around those stars, that's an exoplanet. From how far away have we been able to find exoplanets? Um, I will tell you that some astronomers think that we have already detected exoplanets in another galaxy. So that is pretty far, but those planets, we're, we're not all sure that we've seen, really seen that. Sometimes you think you see a planet and it turns out it was just noise and you didn't see one. Otherwise, in our own galaxy, well, so if we, we are about, the Earth is between the middle of the galaxy and kind of the edge of the galaxy, like where the spiral, spiral arms are. Um, we've seen planets uh, or, or have detected planets so basically like half that distance, so close to the middle of the galaxy. Pretty far away. How do you detect exoplanets? Oh my gosh, um, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, well, so there's a number of different methods, but I'm going to tell you about the one that I like the best. Planets move around their own stars, just like we move around the sun. Um, and if we're looking at a planet and star system uh, just at the right from the right direction we can actually measure when the planet passes in front of the star and what that does is that it makes the star a little bit dimmer so if you imagine you're out at night and you're looking at a street light um, and like a big fly or a big moss passes in front of the street light you might not see the fly because it's really fast and it's dark out but you might see that the, the light is dimming a little bit. Um, so basically, that's how we're finding exoplanets as well. We're noticing that the star is dimming just a tiny bit because this planet has gone swoosh kind of in front of it. Um, and from that measurement, we can tell the size of the planet. It's kind of crazy. How many exoplanets have we discovered so far? We have found about 3,000 exoplanets. That's a lot of exoplanets. What is the bare minimum to uh, have a planet be a planet? Maybe are you referring to Pluto losing its planet status? Well, it was a planet, but when the Stapler said it is not a planet anymore, and that is that. So let me start by saying that Pluto is an amazing object. It doesn't really matter what we call it. The reason, it's really just about words. Um, and calling an object a dwarf planet, which is what Pluto is now, is not uh, a downgrade at all. Um, it's, it's just, it's really just words, honestly. Um, to me, Pluto is as interesting as any of the other planets in the solar system. What's the most interesting exoplanet you found? Oh, there are so many. Well, so I will tell you that when we started looking for planets, ever since then, we've been finding a lot of planets, so basically a lot of exoplanets around other stars, right, um, that are much closer to their star than even Mercury is to our sun. Um, was that surprising to find that? Oh, yeah, that was super surprising because 
you know, we have eight planets in the solar system and a whole bunch of smaller, you know, dwarf planets. And they're all quite far from the sun by those standards. And then a lot of the exoplanets that we are finding are actually closer than this, uh, closer to their star than even Mercury is. So they're really, really hot because they're orbiting really, really close. And one, so one year on one of the most interesting exoplanets like that is what, like, okay, so it's not 365 days. It's only 17 hours long. So one year. Their year, the whole time they go around their sun? 17 hours long. Um, I don't think that's quite the record, but it's pretty close. Um, so that planet is really hot. It's probably just made of lava all over. It's probably like, like a molten planet. The surface is evaporating. You probably can't live on it. But what is it doing there? And how did it get there? And that, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm really almost just as interested in those questions as I am in finding life on other planets. We're talking with Dr. Diana Dragomir. She is an exoplanetologist and professor of astronomy and physics at the University of New Mexico. And let's talk about life on other planets after this. You're listening to the Children's Hour. In the background, Taste Like Space is Secret Agent 23 Skidoo. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, an educational nonprofit based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're listener supported at childrenshour.org. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science, announcing Chocolate, the Exhibition, a multimedia science exhibit that engages the senses and traces the evolution of chocolate from a small bitter seed to the delicacy it is today. The exhibit runs through March 2023. More info at nmnaturalhistory.org. Support for the Children's Hour provided by Electric Playhouse, an immersive entertainment and events center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Playhouse is open. You can purchase tickets, learn about events, play, and other opportunities, including future locations and music shows, at electricplayhouse.com.
Planet song is the Beat Buds right here on the Children's Hour. We're thinking and talking about exoplanets with Dr. Diana Dragomir. She's an exoplanetologist at the University of New Mexico in the Department of Astronomy and Physics. Dr. Dragomir, before the break, you were just talking about your most exciting exoplanet you found, and you're saying that they're really, really close to their stars compared to our planets, even closer than Mercury. And then you were talking about how this must be a very hot planet. How can you possibly tell the temperature from here? It's just simple math. <laughs> okay, moderate, moderately simple math. So um, if we know how hot the star is and we know how close the planet is, which we know from its orbit. So how often do we see a dimming of the star, which we call a transit, when the planet passes in front of it. So we, cal we calculate um, the time between two dimmings, and that must be the year of that planet. So now we know, from, we know the year and we know um, how close it is to the star and how bright the star is, and we just calculate the temperature that way. Where does the word exoplanet come from? It comes from the word planet because these objects are like the planets in the solar system. They're round and smaller than a star. So that's what we call a planet. And the, the word exo means outside. So because these planets are around, are outside the solar system, we call them exo for outside planets. Is there another planet that is out of our solar system that we can live on? Yeah, that's a good question. And in some ways, that's what um, a lot of people who study exoplanets are trying to find out. So it's a good question because the answer is we don't know yet. Um, we're trying to find planets like the Earth. But part of the problem is that it's difficult to know if a planet is exactly like the Earth because we don't actually get pictures or photos of the planets. Um, we get other kinds of information and we have to kind of, it's like a puzzle. We have to figure out from that information uh, if the planet is the same size as the Earth, the same temperature as the Earth. Does it have an atmosphere? So it's kind of an indirect way of doing it. And so the question is, at what point, if we check enough of those answers, yes, can we say, okay, this planet we can live on? The problem is that it, it's really difficult to answer some of those questions. So we're getting there, but the answer is we don't know yet. So you know how um, when you find a planet and if you find any life on it, would you consider that still as an exoplanet? Yes, because it would still be a planet around another star other than uh, around a star other than our sun. So all the planets in the solar system are planets. And then any planet that is orbiting, moving around any of the other stars in the sky is an exoplanet, whether or not it has life on it. Is there any aliens on the exoplanets? That's a great question. We don't know yet. The way to find that out right now is to see if the atmospheres on those exoplanets look like the atmosphere on Earth. So that's the next step. That's what we're looking for now. Um, and if we find something that has an atmosphere like Earth, then we can start thinking about, you know, maybe there's aliens there. 
but we haven't gone there yet because it's really difficult to see the atmospheres on exoplanets. What do you plan to do after you find an exoplanet that's like Earth and suitable for life? For life, what do you plan to do? Me personally, or like people who study exoplanets, or like to move into the planet or something.、Mm, I don't think we can move there. It's it's really too far away. It would take hundreds or thousands of years, more like thousands of years, to get to even the closest planet to us. So, what I will do is say yay and keep looking, see if other planets also have life,、um, because then we would know that life is not unique to Earth, and you can have life happen on other planets as well. Maybe even in different conditions, maybe without oxygen, or maybe in hotter or colder conditions. So, to me, that's really what's the most interesting part.、Um, I wish I could go to an exoplanet, but for now, I'd rather just take care of the one we have. Would you try to contact life on that planet? If there is an intelligent life species, would you try like sending a radio transmission? So first, yeah. So that's I'm glad you asked the question that way because first we need to figure out、uh, whether the life that we're detecting is just like microbes or whether it is actually intelligent, advanced life like humans on Earth. I guess we would probably send a signal either way, because、uh, you never know. Maybe microbes can be really intelligent too on another planet. So yeah, we would send a signal, but probably by the time they even get it, we would no longer be around, and so it would have to be the next generation that waits for the response. So it would be a pretty slow, you know, exchange, like. Really, really long email exchange, but、um, I do think that that's the way to do it. Yeah. Is Earth an exoplanet? No, Earth is a planet because it's orbiting the sun rather than another star. What's the most recent、uh, exoplanet that you've seen, and also what's the most closest one? The closest exoplanet to us is the planet around a star called Proxima Centauri C. Which is pretty much the closest or second closest star to us. So if we were gonna go anywhere, that's where we would go. So Proxima Centauri is the star, and then we name the planet with a little letter after the name of the star. So they don't get their own names; they just get a little letter. And then the first question: the latest exoplanet. Well, we're discovering exoplanets almost every day. But recently, there was a really cool one, and I don't remember its name because it's always like a number.、Um, but it was really cool because this time, remember how I said we don't really get photos of exoplanets? In some very special cases, we can actually photograph like the star and the planet、uh, orbiting it. So in this case,、um, astronomers took a photo of the star. And two planets orbiting that star, and those two planets, and well, that whole system is special because that because that star is very similar to our sun. So if those planets are, they're pretty big, but they might be similar to Jupiter and Saturn in the solar system, just because the star is is like the sun.、Um, so I thought that that was pretty cool and and kind of a big step forward for us. We're talking with Dr. Diana Dragomir. She is an exoplanetologist at the University of New Mexico. We still have a few more questions for her, including how can we all jump on board 
and help in the discovery of exoplanets. But first, this is Claudia Robin Gunn from a brand new release called Little Wild Universe, right here on the Children's Hour. Sol, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, stars In a little spiral solar system There's a big bang at the start of everything How far is a light year away? Who lives in deep space? How long is a quantum leap? And can we try it? Sol, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, stars In our little spiral solar system There's a big bang at the heart of everything How bright is a neutron star what are the sunsets like on Mars? How deep is a black hole? How can we measure it? Sol, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, stars Sol, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, stars How old is the universe? How do all the aliens converse? How tall is a radio wave? Can we catch it? How bright is a neutron star? What are the sunsets like on Mars? How deep is a black hole? How can we measure it? How far is a light year away? Who lives in deep space? How long is a quantum leap? And can we try it? Claudio Robin Gunn is from Auckland, New Zealand. That's off her brand new CD, Little Wild Universe, right here on the Children's Hour. We're talking with Dr. Diana Dragomir, an exoplanetologist from the University of New Mexico. Since light can only move so fast, how do we know if an exoplanet is still there when we discover it? That's a great question. We can actually do some calculations. Um, most exoplanets are there a long time, just like planets around the sun, you know, will be around for another like four or five billion years. So similarly, most exoplanets will also be around their stars for four to five billion years or longer even. But some planets, some of those planets that are really close or exoplanets, right, really close to their star, we think that 
in some cases, they will actually spin into the star and eventually fall in. And we can calculate that. Um, and we haven't yet found any planet that fell in um, that basically like it was there. And then when we looked again, it wasn't there anymore. But we think we found some that maybe in a thousand years or 10,000 years from now, which is not that long in astronomy, um, might have fallen into their stars. So in 10,000 years, uh, if we look again, we may not see that planet there anymore. And usually we can predict those things. But yeah, most of them will be around for billions and billions of years. There's nothing to disturb them. How do you become an exoplanet expert and be able to learn about and find the exoplanet? To become an exoplanetologist or an astronomer, and then by the time you become an astronomer, you might decide you want to study something else. You have to go to college and you have to then go um, do a PhD after the first four years of college. And then there's usually some training after that. Um, and then after all of that, um, usually about, let's see, about 15, 12 to 15 years after you start college, you will probably become a professor. But the fun thing is that during all of that time, okay, the 10, like the 12 to 15 years, you can actually study exoplanets during all of that time. And once you become a professor, you actually spend less time studying them because you now have to teach. So the fun part is really going to college and the training part. How many exoplanetologists are there? Probably like 2,000, something like that. A lot. There's definitely room for more. I had heard somewhere that exoplanetologists like yourself like to have help from just regular old people like us to look at these many, many photographs of the universe and try to find exoplanets. Is that true? Do you actually invite public participation? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because just today I was responding to an email from um, someone who works um, at Boeing. Um, so, you know, designing airplanes, but for fun, he's helping us go through all of those images um, and, and finding exoplanets. And he just sent me one today that looks really interesting. Um, and, and so, yeah, we, we don't have enough people to look at all of the, those stars. And so it'd be really nice to have extra help. Are kids allowed to help too? I think so. I think there's some training to be done, but uh, I don't see why not. That's so cool. Are you going to do it, Maya? I think I want my whole family to now. Well, you will have many more exoplanetologists thanks to uh, kids hearing this and wanting to be part of this exciting research. Dr. Diana Dragomir, thank you so much for being with us on the Children's Hour. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great.
Public Public Radio. Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour Radio Show is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by Token Ibis, a nonprofit making philanthropy accessible to everyone. To sign up, go to tokenibis.org. I like all of the podcasts because they help me learn a lot. I'm Brooklyn Elder from Albuquerque. Find hundreds of educational podcasts at childrenshour.org or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Look for the Children's Hour. Join the Children's Hour for a virtual field trip to Los Luceros Historic Site on Sunday, July 10th at 2 p.m. Mountain Time as part of our Brief History of the American Southwest for Kids series. We learn the story of the Spanish colonial era after the Pueblo Revolt. Listeners of all ages are invited to join us for this virtual field trip. This project is made possible thanks to the generous support of the New Mexico Humanities Council and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Learn more at childrenshour.org history. White planets spinning in space, our home sweet home. Blue white planets spinning in space, our home sweet home. Home for the children, you and me. Home for the little ones yet to be. Home for the creatures large and small. White planet, blue white planet, blue white planet spinning in space, our home sweet home. Blue white planet spinning in space, our home sweet home. Home for the skies and the seven seas. Home for the towns and the farmers' fields. Home for the trees and the air we breathe. Blue white planet. Blue white planet. If we all give back our share, there'll be music everywhere on our blue-white planet. If a rocket ship one day takes us very far away, we'll look back and smile and say, that's our
spinning in space Our home sweet home Home for the children, you and me Home for the little ones yet to be Blue white planet spinning in space Home sweet home Blue white planet spinning Extinction Diaries. It is incredibly dark imagining the extinction of the largest rainforest and terrestrial carbon dioxide sink in the world, the Amazon, home to one in ten of all life on Earth where even the native people are being hunted, ambushed, and killed right along with the forest. It is a slaughter, and so far global governments fail to address the issue seriously except short bouts of condemnation. Words are not enough. Fires are horizon to horizon. If governments don't at least pay Brazil to not destroy the Amazon, then all layers of global leadership critically fail our children and future generations. Many scientists agree, if the Amazon loses even just another 5%, it'll be too late and the mighty lungs of planet Earth will basically warm and dry itself into a savanna. Then what? The future of forests and the future of children are the same. Standing forests need to be made more valuable than any reason to cut or burn them. If your leaders can bail out a pandemic, then they can save the Amazon, because without it, even a pandemic won't matter. My name is Rising Moon, and this is a Small World Radio production. Who would've knew that? That's how you do that. Your hoes, bro, ayy. I know we're blue at. It's 
It's time to go, but when you boost that, it's time to move back. You've been in my AM, missing in action. What's really been missing is your passion. Little bit of vision, mixed with some action. You can do more than you'd imagine. So just step into it, just step. Step into it, just step. Step into it, just step. Step into it, step into it. Step into it, just step. Step into it, just step. Step into it, just step, step, shine like stars.
Charity and the Jam Band from a CD called Party Like a Twinkle Star, We Are Stardust. And Stardust was also done by Saul Paul from his CD Be the Change. Rafi brought us Blue White Planet. And before the break, you heard Space Lizards by Fred from their CD Fredtastic. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We've been talking about exoplanets and thinking about space and thinking about our own planet. It's only very recently in astronomy that exoplanets have even been able to be discovered. It's thanks to having telescopes on spaceships that allow us to see clearly whether or not there are exoplanets circling other stars. As of October 2020, There have been more than 4,292 confirmed sightings of exoplanets, with more than 5,600 which are candidates to be exoplanets. You can find out a lot about exoplanets and how you can join the hunt by going to childrenshour.org and clicking on the exoplanet episode. There, we've posted lots of links, including one to NASA's exoplanet site. There, you can find coloring pages for kids and some beautiful graphics that really demonstrate how large the Milky Way is and how huge and vast space is. It may not be realistic to go visit an exoplanet, but it is realistic to find one. Maybe you'll join the search. In the background, this is Bortex from their CD, Distant Sphere. Today's show was a rebroadcast, and since we first aired it back in 2020, the discovery of exoplanets has exploded. As of June 1st, 2022, there are 5,059 confirmed exoplanets in 3,733 planetary systems. 824 of those systems have more than one planet. Most of these were discovered by the Kepler Space Telescope. NASA estimates that there are at least 100 billion planets in our Milky Way alone. And of those, they suspect over 300 million of them could be habitable by humans. That means we could live on them. Even still, we need to take care of the planet we live on today. I'm Katie Stone, and you've been listening to the Children's Hour. Before I go, I just wanted to let you know the Children's Hour has a brand new t-shirt. You can find it at childrenshour.org. Purchases of these t-shirts will help us as we move our kids' crew to a much bigger location for recording our shows. We have time for just one more. This is Michael Fronty and Spearhead. If I could see Earth from outer space Through all of the stars, to the human race Through all of the people and the streets that I once knew If I could see Earth from outer space Through all of the stars, to the human race No matter where I go, I still come back to you Sky. Zoom, zooming in upon the world rolling by. 
Children's Hour is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit corporation. Our show is written by Katie Stone, with help from all of us and the kids' crew. Find lots of information about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to exoplanetologist Dr. Diana Dragomir for being with us on the show today. We also want to thank the kids from The Extinction Diaries at KFOI. Our podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast or at patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music is written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by the Children's Hour Incorporated and the Public Radio Exchange, PRX, and the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.